lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast that is recently sponsored by the Liberal government. The Liberal government employing rapporteurs since earlier this week. And my name is Larry Wu. And I'm Curtis Withers. Um, yeah, Larry, I, do you know what a rapporteur is? I had no idea what it was. What was it? Monday, they announced, he announced it, right? At like 5.30. Yeah, yeah it was late. It was late, yeah. I was like, huh? And I had to look it up, and it's it's a French word, right? Like French for reporter, I guess? Is that is that what it's supposed to be? I guess. It was a special. I liked it how it was a special rapporteur. rapporteur. Not one of these run of the bill rapporteurs. Well, it, apparently, uh, I was looking. I was looking it up. So, definition: it, it can be a couple of things. I guess you can call a protractor a protractor, a rapporteur. You know, the old mathematical half moon. Oh yeah, with degrees, that's a rapporteur. Oh okay. But this is the one that that that, that I love. Telltale, tail bearer. <laughs> so it doesn't sound. Too good? I don't know. So yeah. this is in lieu of some public inquiry that he's hiring some d- dude, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is for the um, allegations of foreign interference into um, the federal elections, um, which I think like he, sh- <laughs> he should have been at the point where he's at now right away. You know, like, yeah. honestly, like, I think like dithering on calling. So he's called a, uh, he's, he's, he's called a, a couple of like, I guess not public inquiries, but I guess like, um, investigations. And then this, this rapporteur, rapporteur will decide based on what comes out of these, uh, investigations that are not public, whether or not a public inquiry will be necessary. But like, uh, you know, by pretending that there's no problem when when like CSIS is involved and and you know had been had been warning about political outside political interference, you know, you're just giving you're just giving ammunition to your enemies. Well, what's the difference between what's happened now and what was happening in the States when the FBI was going to Trump saying, Hey, we think we or or even before the election, hey, there's like Russians tinkering with Twitter and doing other stuff here and there. It's the same, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Other, other, you know, you you either you know you take this seriously, and um, you know the elections have integrity, or there, there's going to be questions about it. I, I don't know. I just love the word. I'm going to keep using it throughout the episode where best as possible. But you know who could use a rapporteur. Curtis is uh, our own steady Freddie Van Vliet, right? Well, he uh, he's definitely not, um, he- um, you know, head- hedging or, you know, he's 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 definitely upfront and transparent. <laughs> no, but definitely he could use a rapporteur his... against the refs, right? I guess he could hire 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 his own rapporteur. He could like do an, an investigation into the refereeing before before he he accepts a fine. It's too late, unfortunately. Um, he did get fined. If if uh, anyone um, is wondering what what why Fred Van Vliet is in the sports news, they're even talking about him south of the border. It's because um, after last night's game in Los Angeles between the Raptors and the Clippers, he went off on the officials uh, with um, a very a very sort of calm sounding and reasonable complaint but then just but also laced with that with f-bombs <laughs> that was the great thing yeah. like i was telling you it just sounded like it was like morse code for for a segment of that press conference it's just like beep 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 beep, beep yeah beep, beep. yeah and 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 he called out um ben taylor who was one of the officials on the crew called him out by name which has happened before, but it's very rare. Normally, if you're complaining about the refs, you're just saying like, you know, 
the whistle could have gone our way a little more. I'm not, you know, I don't think that the refs did a very good job. It's usually not singling out one person. And even that will get you a fine. Um, but for, but for calling out Ben Taylor and talking about and, you, and dropping a bunch of F bombs, he got fined $30,000, Larry, which is 5,000 um, under the maximum for this kind of infraction. Mm-hmm. And I think we have a few of other infractions in the past, but I want to kind of bring out this interesting stat that they were saying that this is um, in this season alone, Fred's got eight technicals and five of them came from Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. And if not, if not directly from him, then then on a crew that he was involved with. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> So like Fred, Fred uh, you know, said in his in his in his comments, like at at some point, like it starts to feel personal. So let's see the maximum fine. I guess it, what was the maximum fine you said, Curtis? That that one could be given player. I, I believe for this kind of infraction, it's thirty five thousand. Yeah. So it, it's the league, the the team will probably pay for it, right? Or. Maybe I mean the. Th- I think there's there's there seems to be a prevailing feeling around the league, um, like with other players who were asked about the stuff that that Van Vliet said kind of what needed to be said. Yeah. So you know, and definitely the Raptors. Uh, I don't know. I think every team feels aggrieved and shortchanged by the refs, but the uh, the Raptors definitely do. Um, and you know, it was like back to back games. So the refs got a little bit too involved. I think the problem is not that the referees are making like, you know, bad calls, like refs are going to make bad calls during a game because the game is so fast, you know? And I think that, that most of the refs are trying really hard to get it right, but you get the odd ref and like Scott Foster is one. And he's the guy who tossed, um, scotty barnes out of the out of the denver game and uh, i'm not that familiar with ben taylor maybe he's one uh, guys like joey crawford back in the day where they're it almost seems like they think that part of the paying uh public is there to see them mm. referee as well as the players play joey crawford used to run to the middle of the court to call a blocking foul like <laughs> That's ridiculous. Nobody, <laughs> if you're doing a good job as a referee, nobody knows your name. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe wants a shoe deal. Um, okay, so here's uh, here's some similar fines over the past with similar criticism. So Paul George, LA Clippers, thirty five thousand. So he got the maximum. He got the max. 20, 2021, um, accusing the referees of lying and questioning the number of missed calls in the game against the Dallas Mavericks one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Draymond Green. Oh, they should just find Draymond Green all the time. He got the 35,000 one um, for, what did he do? Controversial calls late in the game. Uh, so again, most of them are all criticizing the ref directly that caused the tech. Mm-hmm. But that was the interesting because Fred's comment that caused the tech was not directly saying like he didn't look at the ref and say something, right? Like he was talking with his teammates. Yeah, apparently it came um, after after uh, the Raptors got charged with a foul that I guess maybe he thought was soft. He didn't say any. Yeah, he didn't complain to the ref or say anything. He said to his teammates, you know, everybody just uh, let's let's forget about this. We got to sort of like work together and, and push through this crap kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I guess, I guess, um, Taylor heard that and decided that that was grounds for attack. Um, you know, which like is pretty soft in my opinion. Um, you know, these, these are athletes in the heat of the moment. He didn't, he didn't directly insult or complain directly about the refs. He just said, like, we got to push through this crap. Uh, you got to give some kind of leeway, I think. Like, if you're giving text for stuff like that, you know, like, I, I just don't think that you're, that, that you have control of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, call a rapporteur. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, one story. So, 
that I thought, again, man, we're old, Curtis, is we recently passed a milestone year, 20th anniversary of Napster, right? Yeah, yeah. The the, the first, the first music file sharing of MP3 files. Before then, we were buying CDs like chumps. Yeah. Listening to the radio. Taping songs off the radio. Yep. Uh, but Napster, it changed it all, right? Like it it allowed peer-to-peer sh- sharing, which is mm-hmm. what the original platform um, did. It just mm-hmm. happened that he focused on music, right? Like it, it could have fi- could have shared any file. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but at that time, MP3, which um, is c- compression of, of music files, to something reasonable was made available and people started sharing music. Uh, and yeah, we was, never looked back, right? Once that thing hit, that was like the genie that came out and just rampaged. Right? I, I remember, I remember a friend of mine just had like a, a, a queue, like a massive, massive queue of, so it was basically just downloading every single song he'd ever heard of. I just remember going this, looking at this massive queue of songs and was work and like because it was like like that peer to peer sharing, um, like it on an off day or for certain songs if there were if there weren't a lot of cedars, sometimes it would take a while to mm-hmm. you know yep. like we've got it even better now obviously with streaming but like oh. uh, you know back then like you know sometimes you could get a song in 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 a, in a matter of minutes and other times it would take take a while depending on on the cedars but he just had this queue going and it was just like his computer was just working day and night filling his uh, song library like he, he was it didn't matter presidents of the united states of america ugly kid joe it didn't matter the quality <laughs> of the music was irrelevant the fact that he could get it was what mattered well because people were changing the way that they were starting to com- consume music and napster like ensured that right because uh, there was the stealing music copyright folks. I guess was it Metallica that was like at the forefront against Napster. Mm, yes, yeah, that, very much so. Yeah, and I don't know if that did that ever actually amount to anything. Do I you remember at all. Like, I don't. I don't know. But I mean, it kind of it kind of got the. I would say it kind of got the ball rolling for Napster's like inevitable demise. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, eventually. Well, because they were just a bunch of kids that created peer-to-peer tech, and then yeah, what what could they say? But it then offered like Apple to oh yeah sure we'll sell it. People will people want the format. People will pay for it. Mm-hmm. And at first, there, people were like, oh, no one's going to do it. People are getting music for free. Why would they pay for it? What was it? Uh, ninety nine cents a song, twelve bucks yeah. for an album. Yeah, it started off nine ninety nine for an album, and then it okay. kind of. Yeah, and you're right, ninety nine cents for a song. Yep. And now, what are we doing today? Now it's like I don't want to own any media. I just want to stream it. So for a, I don't know, was it twelve, fifteen bucks? I get unlimited library. Yeah, if you're willing to to um, sit through ads, you don't even have to pay a, a dime. Yeah, you get to and you get to listen to us for free. Like, yeah, I don't know if anyone ever would ever download episodes Whoa. of the Cucumber off Nabster. Probably no, no one's gonna get you know, here. To, there would be no cedars for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you remember Curtis? So let's let's pause here for a second. Do you remember the first song you ever downloaded on MP3? I can honestly say I don't. What I do remember is the first song I downloaded from my mom. Okay, what was that? She asked me to pirate her some music one time, and uh, and the the first song that I I remember uh, downloading for was "I Don't Feel Like Dancing" by the Scissor Sisters. And, and was it pretty quick? Because even back it was then, like, it was yeah. Like, what kind of internet connection did we have back then? It would have been like what ISDN speeds, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah, it was the um, yeah, we had yeah the Bell sort of. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the cable modem, but it was the DSL. I guess I had yeah. DSL, yeah. ADSL, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and it yeah, you're right. I, I I okay, so if mine, I think it was the Beatles. I think I downloaded Across the Universe by the Beatles. Hmm. Interesting choice. I think that was the first one. 
Um, is that a hankering for some late, uh, late I, career Beatles? I, I, can't, I can't remember what co- – maybe I was like on Napster and I was just like, uh, and then I just saw it. Maybe. I, I don't know. And just kind of, okay, let's see what this is all about and realize, oh, there was a lot of cedars and it came down quickly. And it was like, oh, I got the song. So – yeah, the knows? first uh, the first time you do it too, you get like that dopamine hit, and then you know you mm-hmm. feel like really alive, and then you just want to download songs all the time. But I was telling you that uh, I remember when um, at the end, when Napster was at the end, they had gone through you know the original sort of um, crackdown, and then they they you know so people would would still upload stuff but they'd misspell the name of the song or the name of the band or put a space in it or something and then the algorithms kind of caught up to that so so my brother and i used to go and they just had the strangest stuff like you couldn't get you know like like popular music or classic rock or anything like that but you could get russian rap like they just had like all these bands we'd never heard of. There's one that 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 my brother and I like called Glasny Udar, and they were like this, just this Russian like just rap sounded so awesome in a Russian accent. And we had no <laughs> idea what they were saying, and I think that was part of the charm. But they were pretty, and they kind of had like a Beastie Boys vibe. But there was one guy who had like an ad rock kind of like nasally voice, and there was a guy who had like more of a Adam Yauch, you know, sort mm. of MCA sort of more more sort of stentorian delivery um yeah it was it was it was great if you wanted to if like if you wanted to be a real hipster and find some band that nobody's ever heard of that's that was the thing to do is go to napster near death <laughs> and and i could be blasting it in my lada my 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 oh my yeah yeah decked out my decked out lord lava lada you, you could you well I don't know. Could you though? Because what kind of um, <laughs> oh, what kind yeah, of sound yeah. system did Aladdin have? <laughs> Would, could you put like a USB? <laughs> did it have a USB port for all your MP3 files? I don't know, but it does get 13 hectares on a thimble of kerosene. Yeah, just put it in H. Yeah. Uh, one thing did I don't know if you saw it. I did not see it, which was the Chris Rock special. You know, he he's, was pretty quiet throughout the year, uh, came out with his live special, and I didn't hear any glitches. So Netflix was able to run a live show, like live, live show, um, off its platform. And, um, you know, he uh, he addressed it. I don't know. I, I, I'd like to I'd like to see if it might be recorded. I'd like to go back and actually watch it. Uh, but I'd like to kind of talk about one thing that he said Curtis which was he had this bit where he was um, making fun of Lululemon so mm-hmm. Canadian company we thought oh look some CanCon in in uh, in the set and he was talking about wandering through the mall and Lululemon's front window had uh, basically wording that was across all of its glass facade and it basically came down to saying you know um, reject, reject hate, uh, reject racism, sexism, you know, all the, all the, all the evil isms, right? Everything that so- any common person would say, well, duh, sure. He went off on it on a bit because he said, listen, Lululemon, just sell me your expensive yoga pants. You know, you don't have to be pushing your political ideals on me. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, you know, maybe I don't know if he used the word woke agenda, but like you said, yeah, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it, it, is it, is it just a cheap marketing ploy to say, Oh, Hey, woke people buy our stuff. Like, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I think, uh, I think if Lululemon had like an HR handbook that talked about those things, perfectly fine. You know, my, my work has that. I think a lot of work all has that too, right? No tolerance for this, this, and that. I don't know about, you know, the retailer putting it front and center next to their latest jogging pants or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we talked about this is that like uh, one one of the things that uh, 
that they can't say that that they're against is classism. They're definitely oh yeah, everything there is uh, is very is prohibitively, I would say, expensive for a lot of people. To, yeah, so uh, well, they 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 they, they didn't uh, they weren't lying. They were they were not racist. They're not sexist. They're you know LGBTQT plus you know friendly. But if you're Poe, forget it. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can screw screw it. Yeah, screw you, poor people. Yeah. Keep on walking. Yeah, keep but, keep, keep on walking down to the I don't know Marksburg warehouse. Well, <laughs> I honestly don't know where to buy yoga pants. Where where you get discount? Where you get twenty dollar discount yoga pants? Yeah, I'm sure they have discount yoga pants. Denver Hayes branded discount yeah, yoga pants. Maybe Marks. Yeah, you know so. Again, poor people, not 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 uh, not included in the in the woke culture of today. I guess, like you know, I guess I guess it it is good. Like if if you're if you're really worried that like oh I'd like to buy these yoga pants, but I'm just wor- worried that like you know the owner of this business is going to be like racist. It's going to go and fund you know it's going to go and fund some Republican. You know, some 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 Republicans war chest campaign campaign war chest. Yeah. Then, you know, maybe I guess it is it is good to be sure, right? So it's like I'm gonna go and I'm gonna find a store that's like l- lays it all out there. And then Lululemon's like, we're we're against all this stuff. But like you and said, we love people with money. We love people with money. More money the better, because yeah. poor people stay away. Yeah. Also, I would say like larger people because it's like very specific demographic of rich, super skinny people. Because even for myself, I'm fine. I I have, I'll full disclosure. I have quite a bit of Lululemon clothing since they went to kind of athleisure slash business casual type stuff for men. And there's some stuff where I bought them like, Oh, this is kind of like, this is kind of tight. Yeah. (laughs) And So, you know, poor people and big people need not apply. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. maybe that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but you were we were saying before, going back into the to, to, to the memory, Benetton was very much like that in a way, right? With all yeah, of their it, ads. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they yeah, they were definitely sort of like uh socially conscious. Um, you know. More so than their contemporaries, uh, Roots, Beaver Canoe, and to a lesser extent, Coconut Joe at the time. <laughs> so Benetton was definitely like outwardly uh, socially conscious, and and that was like their brand, really. Yeah, yeah, they were they were they were woke before we were awake. <laughs> oh man, yeah, <laughs> they were like 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 if we're all in the matrix and we're just like sleeping and we're batteries you know for the machines Benetton yeah. will still be open somewhere because they're that woke <laughs> but what would, would it be hilarious well, i guess you know if you had a certain certain stores that said yeah we're fully racist i guess you know satisfy those that that demographic i'm waiting for someone to do that well, just go uh, down to south carolina oh well there you go you know, talking about um, talking about racism and, and racist folks, I was having this thought the other day because it's it's one subculture that seemed to have completely disappeared, maybe for the best. Like, what happened to the skinheads? Yeah, I I know what you mean. They're they they used to be a lot more prevalent. Like, you might not have known necessarily these skinheads, but you definitely knew they were around. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you went into the cities, you'd see you'd see one or two. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I, I just I don't I haven't seen like that like that classic sort of bomber jacket wearing Doc Martens wearing sort of skinhead type person in a long time. Well, did, didn't didn't you didn't you theorize that they're all politicians now? Yeah, and cops, politicians and <laughs> cops. That's what happened to them. Uh, <laughs> but but the, the skinheads were a funny group, weren't they? Like they, you, like you, you, we talked about the Doc Martens, the bomber jacket, the the suspenders, um, and, and what you and I were talking about. You know, small suburban town, the the urban myths of 
you got to be careful about the, the the colors you wear for your Doc Martens. Now, you you and I both had two different stories. I my story was is it white laces or white lacing stitching around the sole, which is typically yellow, but I guess mm-hmm. you could buy them in white variant or white laces, and that was your way of planting your flag, saying that you were a white supremacist skinhead type person. Mm-hmm. You had a different story, which is kind of funny. Like it's almost geographical that it yeah. changed. I remember for us it was cherry docks. Like if you wore cherry docks, then you were you were like a proper like sort of skinhead and bought into all the sort of like racist ideologies and and all that. It was cherry docks, which and 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 they 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 said if you if you buy cherry docks and you're not a skinhead and then you go to Toronto or whatever, you might get quote unquote rolled for your docks. What so does that like, exactly mean? I guess it means like you'd get beaten up and then they'd steal your docks. You'd get rolled for your cherry docks. But I knew like, I knew Is people like, with, like, like in a, in like in a, a wrestling roll up. Like, yeah, I don't like, know. <laughs> I, it, it sounds like it like, right. That sounds like they'd put you like in a garbage can and roll you down the street or something. I always wondered about sound, that. Yeah. But no, I guess it just means they beat you up and take your docks. But like, I, I knew people in high school and university who had cherry docks. Yeah. I knew one girl in university who had 18 whole cherry docks and they were lovely. They were, oh, they yeah. weren't, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't, uh, racists and nobody ever ruled them for their docks. <laughs> I, yeah, the cherry one, that's, that's, that's an interesting one. Um, but going back to the skinheads, oh, this is like our skinhead analysis episode. So we, we haven't determined where they've went. They're, they're completely gone, right? I bet, the- right yeah. I mean, they might be somewhere, but they're not, not as, they're, they're 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 not as prevalent as they were for maybe, sure. Maybe maybe because they're they're not like a fashion subculture anymore. Maybe it was more that because one thing that I thought was really weird and again just proving how not bright they were was some of the choice of their music, right? That they mm-hmm. gravitated around, and one of them was a band called called the Dead Kennedys. Mm-hmm. A lot of the skinheads that I kind of knew in Brampton gravitated to them, and then. I was like, oh, Dead Kennedys must be like a band that, you know, you don't want to listen to because you're, you, you don't want to be a racist or, or a skinhead. And I remember listening to someone, someone, I think in my grade 10 class had a cassette. They let me listen to it. And I was like, okay, hold on a sec. And then I started looking at the lyrics and, and of a lot of the Dead Kennedys song. I'm like, hold on, why are the skinheads gravitating around this band? This is like... <laughs> Like, or that or the skinheads are not listening to what Jello is singing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they have a song called "Nazi Punks Fuck Off." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were they were they were woke, man. They, were they had woke. a they, they had a black guy as their drummer. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like i I used to think I used to think like that punk music, punk and hardcore, just because like. I didn't know anything about it and I, mm. and I did, and I, and I sort of had these stereotypes sort of fed to me about like, because like, yeah, you'd see like some, some dude walk around in a dead Kennedy shirt and then you'd have like the whole skinhead look. Um, and I just assumed that punk and, and hardcore was, was like all very sort of racist, very, you know, it was very sort of like, pro white music and like you you know when i finally started listening to it in university it's like nothing could be further from the truth for like a lot of the like a lot of these uh a lot a lot of the punk and and hardcore bands were like extremely socially conscious and 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 mm-hmm. like you know very and, and and very upfront about it in their lyrics and i you know yes there, i know that there's probably some some hateful sort of punk bands out there and stuff like that but like definitely not dead kennedys and definitely you know not black flag and you know like all all the all these all these uh bands that these guys are listening to and they're basically like we 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 hate you you know <laughs> we hate, we we you know we hate racists and they're very anti-government of the day especially you know 
the dead Kennedys, right? Mm, yeah. So kind of looked at the, the recent makeup of dead Kennedys and we saw the photo of them today. Like, I guess there's two still of the original band members with a new lead singer because I guess uh, Jello is no longer part of the band. I, I never really followed up. I guess there was a big falling out and he never got rights. To but you and I were both looking at the two original members, like East Bay Ray and Klaus Floride. And we're both like, wow, they're like wearing dad shirts. And yeah, <laughs> they, they like you said, they look like after the gig, they're going to go mow a lawn or talk about craft brew. Yeah. 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 They're definitely, uh, they're definitely sort of like flat fly flying sort of like, uh, you know, they're, they're, ma- they're making model model, uh, remote control planes and then flying them in the park. You know, they got that kind of, uh, that kind of vibe going on. Yeah. You know, they got to grow up. Like you said, skinheads, maybe they grew up to be cops and, um, uh, politicians. Yeah. Oh, before, before I forget, uh, going back to the Fred thing, uh, forgot to mention one of the greatest things about that Fred, um, press conference was his sweater. That's right. Yeah. A Cosby sweater. He was totally wearing a Cosby sweater. Yeah. Yeah. And like you're, you were mentioning that like, you know, this is, this is a, a guy who usually has some pretty, you know, his like some drip going on. Right. Yeah, like, oh yeah. Very stylish kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. He was just wearing this, like this sort of like, you know, Total dad Cosby dad, 80s sweater. Yeah, yeah like, like ill-fitting as well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. All right, we're all going to we're all going to the Ponderosa for dinner. Or or he's driving and don't make me turn this car around. Yeah. Well he oh. is. He's a dad of three kids now, so maybe this is this is uh where his um fashion sense is going. Maybe, maybe. Practical and comfortable. Now, where the skinheads used to hang out at Brampton was the McDonald's, but no longer there because Curtis, you went and you did it. You, you, I, I, I didn't have an opportunity to. I, I wanted to go out and have the inaugural McChicken or Big Chicken Mac or what did they call it in the end? They call well. Remember that? Like I think they they called it the Chicken Big Mac. Okay, Which is so like the least interesting thing they could have called it. We need to assign a rapporteur to determine where they figured out that name, Curtis. I think there's a conspiracy there. It's true. It's true. Okay. All right. So tell, lay it on me, man. How was it? It was. You sent me that photo. First, you yeah. sent me that very beige photo. Yeah, yeah. So it is very beige. So yeah, I got it. So I got a combo. Um, fries and root beer along with my uh, chicken Big Mac. And I got to tell you, uh, I'll probably never order one again. Um, I, I, I didn't hate it, but I also didn't love it. Like, I would rather have a McChicken or I would rather have a Big Mac. Okay. And I didn't feel like this was all that great. Like, first of all, the patties. And I think we might have talked about this last week when we kind of first discovered that this was a thing. So the patties, they're not like McChickens. It's not like you're getting two McChickens and then the little middle bun to separate them. They're yeah. sort of like they're sort of like McNuggets. But, okay. But like but like sort of like pushed out to patty patty form. <laughs> okay. Right? Like they're thin. The patties are thin uh... and and really kind of like that sort of like you know like like the chicken doesn't flake it's like globby oh like, well like no no yeah are. the 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 McNuggets are it's it's isn't it just they're just squeezed out of like a toothpaste yeah tube and then they deep fry those little bits as they squeeze them out yeah so okay. this is what you're getting this these oh. are the these are the patties right so they did oh. so it's not tasting it's, I guess it, like. It's bad enough in McNugget form, and then in a larger form, it's just yeah. So and everything else is like on point. Like obviously the sauce is famous, you know. There's okay. pickles on it, which is nice, and everything like that. But like you know, the patties were a bit were disappointing, and then because because they're the you know because they're sort of brownie beige, it makes the whole 
you know, it makes the whole burger look, look really brownie beige and, uh, yeah, just really, mm. you know, the fry, the fries were the star of my lunch, wow. not the chicken <laughs> Big Mac. So that, that, that's, that brings up a good question. So they use the Big Mac sauce, not the McChicken. So basically mm-hmm. they want a clear separation between when you well, like a branded McChicken mm. and this other thing. Mm-hmm. Did, did you feel like you're eating a lot of bread? Because now you have three pieces of bread with breading and chicken goo. <laughs> did it feel yeah. like you were just eating a loaf of bread? Like you're just eating uh, yeah. four pieces of bread? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Like I forgot though how sort of like slight McDonald's buns are, right? Mm. Like they're not very – they're pretty small buns. Um, oh, okay. Uh, like the whole thing – it's it's not a like Big Macs. I remember when I was a kid thinking Big Macs were these massive burgers, but like as as you know, like you eat one now and it's not. No, you know, like the patties are pretty small. The other thing too, it's got that same Big Mac problem where like it's hard to get a hold of because of that stupid middle. So <laughs> you know, it's kind of it's kind of shifting like the bottoms coming out like you know one way and then the top slides the other way and you're fighting to get it back in 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 place and stuff like that so and like for my money if i'm going to mcdonald's like like i wouldn't even like i do enjoy big macs because i like the sauce but i don't like the i don't like the setup so you know like for me it's quarter pounder cheese or McChicken, or particular if they're on sale, I'll every once in a while enjoy a filet of fish with the steamed buns. Hmm. Okay, so you're you're definitely saying don't bother, waste of calories. Yeah, I wouldn't bother. I mean, I don't know, like maybe you really like McChickens or, or not McChicken, sorry, chicken nuggets, and you you think that it would be really interesting if they made like two big round. <laughs> McNuggets and put it in a big and everything else is a Big Mac. Yeah, definitely, definitely try it. Don't take my word for it. Maybe you'll try it and you'll be like in love with it. I've seen a couple of people give it really positive reviews on Twitter. And I, I just thought it was very sort of blah. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you, you, you sounded off correctly where if you're going to get a burger – Get a burger. If you want a chicken burger, get the McChicken instead. You'll be more satisfied getting a McChicken, right? Or what's mm-hmm. that? McCrispy? Is that what they? Yeah, there's the crisp. That yeah, they got like a. Is it? Yeah, it might be called the McCrispy. Yeah, it's like a crispy, and and it's on like a pretzel bun like thing, right? Like it's got. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit okay. different. It's a bit yeah, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I like the standard McChicken. I don't know. I also you know, like mayonnaise. So maybe that's, maybe I like the mayonnaise more than the chicken. Who knows? So I have a proposal for McDonald's because I, I, I'm not a big fan of like their regular menu, but I'm a big fan of their breakfast. Mm. I'm proposing a Big Mac McMuffin. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking, I don't know, maybe we do, we continue with the three pieces of English muffin. Right. Three pieces of English muffin, two eggs, maybe bacon and ham. Or maybe you can do a combination. Bacon, ham, bacon, bacon, ham, ham, sausage, bacon, sausage, yeah, ham. You'd want some you, – yeah, you definitely you definitely want uh, um, – Or some. hash brown, egg, hash brown, oh, yeah. ham, yeah. egg. Yeah. Yeah, you'd want a bit of leeway with that. Um, yeah, the, the thing is then you'd have to develop like the – You'd either have to cut like uh, a, a muffin in thirds so that they're really, really thin, or you'd have to develop the middle, the middle muffin. Well, it's which... no different. It's no different what they do with the buns. You and I were theorizing that the middle bun is basically another bottom, and there's a there's a whole bunch of tops sitting in some corner, <laughs> yeah, of their garbage bin because they have too many tops because they're stealing the bottoms for the uh, yeah yeah. So you know this will be no different. It will just be English muffin bottoms or tops. Well, they're they're interchangeable because you can't tell. Yeah, yeah that's so I, true. I think it'll be more efficient. So I, that's why I'm proposing to McDonald's a Big Mac breakfast sandwich. I think it's a, I think that's the winner, buddy. It could be. I also like their their breakfast quite a bit. Um, I think that that would be pretty good. Um, you'd be running into the same problem with the 
the integrity of the sandwich, I think. Um, and with eggs, ah, it could get kind of details, kind details, of details, Curtis. Come I'd, on. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see, to see it. So, yeah, because you could, you could go two ways. You could make it like a three, like a, like a, like a, like a two tiered McMuffin, or you could make it like the breakfast Big Mac, which means you would have like the Big Mac bun and the Big Mac sauce and the Big Mac pickles, but there would be eggs on it instead. Yeah. Or just no egg and do double sausage instead of basically you're baking yeah. a Big Mac using the breakfast sausage. Yeah. 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 Or the ham. Can you get ham still? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's, big... it's the three proteins. It's yeah. bacon, ham, and the sausage. Yeah. Yeah, that ham that haunts <laughs> me to this day. I used to work at McDonald's. I remember cooking that that stuff. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry if it's. <laughs> well, we do have a story on the headlines about uh, about maybe maybe we do. Uh, actually, no, they now have a vegetarian Big Mac, don't they? Where they just don't put the meat, and you just get bun and sauce and lettuce and pickles and onions. Really, they don't even have like a like, like a, no like no a, they they don't have they don't have a, a meat alternative. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah. Anyways, on to the headlines. A new epidemic is raging through Springfield, and this one didn't start with Krusty Burger's Whatchamacarcus sandwich. So this is the vegetarian story that I, I dug up for us, Curtis, uh, this week. You know, just like McDo- I was saying McDonald's, yeah, they don't have a, a, a veggie alternative. I think they were toying around with the idea, and then they realized, nah, let's not go down that road. Right. But uh, – this Japan airline needed to go down some road because Jap- Japan Airlines serves vegan passenger a single banana and chopsticks for in-flight meal. Yeah. So the business class passenger said he was quite shocked and found it a bit insulting to be served a single banana while ev- others are given more. Business class. I'm looking at the picture and the banana. I thought. I thought. Well. If it's a banana with chopsticks, and the banana is going to be cut into into pieces that are easily sort of picked up by the chopsticks, but that that is not the case. It's a banana still in its peel, yeah, <laughs> on a plate, on a plate with a glass of water. Is that it? Could white, be white, sparkling yeah, yeah. juice, but <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's it I think it's wine? a glass of wine. I think yeah. it's a glass of white wine. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got chopsticks. <laughs> it's business class, Chris. That is so great. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it is vegan. Well, the person was expected to receive the equivalent of a non what non-vegan passengers would be served as a snack, such as a sandwich, salad, vegan cheese, or baguette. What is vegan cheese, Curtis? Ooh, I don't know. It sounds awful. <laughs> How do you? No, mean? thank you. <laughs> it's it, by definition, it would no longer be cheese. That's why I hate when they're making up these. Um, foods to try to pretend that it's the original Mm -hmm. like by nature cheese has to be dairy Mm -hmm. so this is a non-dairy so what are you using to make cheese i don't know i don't know i know that in in i think i might have mentioned this in the previous episode but peanut butter in the netherlands is called peanut cheese pindakas okay so could Vegan cheese just be like what you're saying is could be peanut butter, like could be, uh, maybe nut based, yeah, yeah. It could could be uh, like a non non sweet, yeah, uh, or maybe I don't. Yeah. Well, I guess you know it's already salty. I don't know. So Curtis, if you were presented with the banana unpeeled on a plate with your glass of wine with chopsticks. Mm-hmm. Would you just eat the banana by hand like a savage, or would you actually kind of do something with the chopsticks? Well, I don't know. Like I'd, I'd, I'd kind of feel like they gave me the chopsticks, so I should use them. But the thing is, like, I would not even try to cut it up. I would try to eat. Like I just take the chopsticks and try to grab the banana in the middle, and then eat. <laughs> Okay. Eat it that way. Like, like, eat a, like the a handle. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah got- or or maybe I'd stab, just take one chopstick and stab oh. the banana right through the middle and then just eat it like a popsicle. This this is Japanese airlines. So that, that could be, you know, 
that's 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 probably a big no no, or you probably get kicked out of the club for that one. Yeah, but they wouldn't they wouldn't tell you though. They 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 they'd be ashamed of you in silence. <laughs> All right, moving right along. You know who uh, not be ashamed of you, Curtis, is uh, possibly God, because giving the mingle middle finger is a God given right, says Quebec judge. Montreal area man acquitted of criminal harassment after flipping off neighbors. Yeah. Well, I guess that would be the right, uh, the right call. The right call. I, so. I mean, but like yeah. you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be able to be arrested for flipping somebody off. Giving someone the middle finger is a God given right that belongs to all <laughs> Canadians. A Quebec judge said he recently acquitted a Montreal area man of criminal harassment and uttering threats only in Quebec. Right. Like, I guess tech, I, I mean, I guess if you believe in the creation uh, myth, then yeah, it would be a God-given right. Because, uh, you know, God would have given you those, those, uh, the double deuce, the ability to do the double deuce. Now, but- would you, would, could you imagine being this judge? You know, how many years of law school and I don't know what the path to becoming a judge would be. To actually write this, Curtis, to be abundantly clear, it is not a crime to give someone the finger. Flipping the proverbial bird is a God-given charter enshrined right that belongs to every red-blooded Canadian. It may not be civil. It may not be polite. It may not be gentlemanly. Nevertheless, it does not trigger criminal liability. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Like, you know, I don't... I don't like going around giving the finger to people willy nilly, but you know, I'd like to think that if I did, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Be, it wouldn't. Be, it wouldn't be actionable from the legal legal sense. Yeah, you, you would. You wouldn't be. You wouldn't be hiding it like your bottle of of Thunderbird right? yeah. in, in a in a bo- in a bag underneath your armpit yeah. when the cop drives. So here's Curtis. I, I you were saying that's exactly the thing that I was going to ask you is who gives the finger anymore. <laughs> What was the last time you, other than watching it on TV on wrestling, I can't think of a time where I've actually seen anyone give anyone the finger or even myself to kind of like gesture, even in a jokingly manner. Do people still do that? Is that the thing? Uh, yeah, I've seen it now. Okay. <laughs> you know, like if somebody is trying to cross the road and then, and then like a car comes and, takes the corner, you know, and doesn't slow down, then I've, you know, I've seen, I've seen the bird unleashed in those kind of situations. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe it's the, 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 the crew we roll with because like, I'm not saying that there's never swearing, but there's not even really a lot of swearing in just the general conversations I have with people compared to, I guess, when I was, you know, 20 or whatever, Mm -hmm. when I would have been more prone to giving and receiving the bird and uh, probably just had a lot more swearing in my general, um, you know, in, in, in general conversation and stuff like that. So maybe we just are not around people who give the bird because we're not around people who generally curse or anything like that. But maybe if we were in a more curse friendly sort of <laughs> environment, we'd see it a lot more. I don't know. I, I I'm thinking that we, we have to evolve after it, you know, about this time, just figuring out different hand gestures that are more offensive than sticking up your middle finger. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 th- I th- there's gotta be like other stuff that one can do, you know, contort your fingers in such a way that just kind of, you know, really mean something. I still I don't know. like, I still like the way they do it in, in England with the, the victory sign, but the other way around. Mm, yes. You know? Yeah. You know, totally. Yeah. Um, I bet there was a lot of fingers being thrown at uh, that dog park downtown. That's not one of our headlines because they, well, they brought the sign up and then they took it down almost a day later, which was that uh, off-leash dog park uh, downtown that actually the city workers put up a sign. I can't believe that this is a city priority. Put up a city sign that said, 
no excessive dog barking. Mm-hmm. So the dog owners were told to control their dogs from excessive dog bar- dog mm-hmm. barking. Mm-hmm. One, how do you measure excessive? Mm-hmm. And how do you reason to your dog? Hey, gotta, you know. Yeah, keep it down. Keep it down, Fido. Hey, come on, I, we talked about this. Yep. Um, Remember, I bribed you. I gave you some yeah. extra cookies and to, to not bark. Yeah. But I'm sure I'm sure there was a lot of whoever basically requested the sign or petitioned for the sign, there was a lot of finger throwing at dogs that day. There was like, I don't know, always some NIMBY crap going on, right? Like, so you're right. Like, it's impossible, I, I feel, to come up with a uh, like a – quantitative measure of what constitutes excessive dog barking but no doubt somebody lived near the park and was sick of hearing dogs it reminds me of when um, Left Field Brewery first opened in the East End here and they opened it in an old like it's in in an old industrial park Mm -hmm. and people were complaining I don't know how many people but a couple of people at least that lived sort of in that area were complaining um, about the noise and this place, I think it closed, they closed their sort of like tap room at nine. So it doesn't even go that late. And they asked like, well, are people yelling and stuff? It's like, no, but you can hear them talking. (laughs) And and I don't know what, what used to be there, but it's an industrial park. It could have been like some kind of like metal press or something like that. Right. Like, it just doesn't make any giant sense. Giant trucks, giant loading trucks, or yeah. So maybe maybe people giving the finger Curtis were also like the skinheads. Maybe they just got left with the skinheads. Wasn't that a big thing? Skinheads throwing, flipping the bird. Oh yeah, I flipping the so. in between yeah. flipping the bird and doing the hail fear yeah. <laughs> sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And All and, right. and giving high fives. Those are the three S- things. So a lot of people were probably flipping the bird at their phones the other day, Curtis, because, quote, bad taste in your mouth. Tim Hortons wrongly tells customers they won $10,000. So Tim Hortons wants you to use their app because the roll up the rim is now moved to the app and not onto the cups. So they don't have to produce and print all these cups anymore. And I guess you each cup must have a code i guess or you scan it or some you the the app knows you've bought something that earned a uh, roll up the rim and i guess there's a uh, like a almost like a game like a gambling type drop thing where you push a button and it reveals if you won or something or not mm-hmm. whole bunch of people were told that they won $10,000 Curtis only to be later told there was a, apparently, quote, a small subset of players were incorrectly notified that they won the company's jackpot draw of $10,000 daily prize meant to be rewarded to one person per day. So the company added that they offered them a $50 gift card as compensation. Wow. How mad. Wow, indeed. Like, this is this is an online app now that's generating these things that win. It's, it's, like, it's like playing... It'd be like doing online gambling, maybe not sports gambling, but like online gambling where you're simulating like a slot machine and then the people you win and then the people running the app says, oh, that's a glitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Here's a here's a complimentary drink ticket. <laughs> here's you know, like free coffee. It's funny because I, I wasn't exactly sure where you're going with this at first. And so when you started off this segment saying... Bad taste in your mouth, Tim Hortons. I thought you were just going to end it right there. <laughs> I well, touche. It, <laughs> it, 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 it could have been. <laughs> it would have been. It would have would have cut our episode a lot shorter. But uh, no, like I, I, that's 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 horrible. Especially now when you when you're running apps like this, like it's called testing it out, guys. Like that is a pretty that's a pretty egregious. Um, error like yeah you know and and like it, it it would it would suck you know especially like you know these days you know a lot of people having having a tough time you know um getting like ten thousand dollars would be like a nice like you know reversal of fortune and then 
to be told that it was an app error. You didn't actually get ten thousand dollars, but what you did get is a fifty dollar gift card <laughs> to uh, buy more crummy food and <laughs> yeah. and pizza. Yeah, honestly, like I don't know. Like obviously, my money or Tim Horton's money is not mine to spend. But like, if you're a company like Tim Hortons that has like you know bank and it's your screw up then you should just like own the screw up and everybody that gets the ten thousand dollars i'd say yeah come on tims come on you can afford it brazilian rainforest money (laughs) that's right okay that's the headlines so to end off our show with our always our favorite segment our new favorite segment i guess is Let's ask our buddy ChatGBT to do something silly for us. Now, Curtis, you still play uh, Dungeons and Dragons with a group of friends, and there's like an online component to it. You're not using old school books, and or are you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we. How, how's the best way to describe it? I, I guess I, I just I just know the old school got books. Dungeon Master kind of has like their notes and a bit of a partition to avoid. You know, <laughs> yeah. That, you know what we 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 did we did play uh, recently, and we had that setup where our DM uh, Steve had the had the partition and uh, and stuff like that. But like, it, so much of it is online now. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, what we did this week was you were in the middle of making a character, and sometimes mm-hmm. when you're playing D anD D, maybe you're lacking in inspiration or maybe you got some bad roles or you're expected to play a character maybe that you didn't kind of go in thinking you'd play so we asked gdbt to actually generate a backstory for your character curtis yeah so it it's pretty interesting because my character was um in this game we're playing dungeon crawl classics basically like when you start you start as like a, a, like an average, you know, like farmer or whatever. And you sort of go on this, uh, and there's like a whole bunch of characters. Everybody gets like four characters each. And then you go through this sort of like meat grinder of a, of a scenario that kills most of them off. And then whoever's left are, is who becomes your level one character. So my character, the one of my characters was a rutabaga farmer who, um, decided that he wanted a more adventurous life. Uh, so he went on this adventure. Um, and and what Chappie GPT did is kind of in did the inverse where they, they, they went with like a very powerful mage who decided he wanted a simpler life and becomes a rutabaga farmer. But I really liked the backstory. So the next character I make is going to be that guy. Okay. Um, yeah. So. And the thing is, the interesting, the great thing about ChatGPT is because it's the thread, we got it to generate one response and we weren't completely happy. And in my response to its what its first write-up was, I told it, rewrite with an alignment of chaotic neutral because yeah. we, we, fu- we thought that our first generated one was too goody two-shoes. Yeah, yeah. He was a bit dull. Right. This guy's a bit more interesting. Yeah. Um, and probably, probably more, more, more appropriate. You you don't want to you don't want a paladin, uh, rutabaga farmer. Nah, no, no, definitely not. You so know, uh, throwing throwing rutabagas while wielding some holy avenger, right? That's that's yeah, the, the holy <laughs> avenger. Yeah, yeah, very popular sword for uh, for a paladin. Um, yeah. So so should I uh, sh- should I should I read that? Should I read what it? Uh, what it came yeah, up yeah. with. Let's, 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 let's go into story time about this character, this, this Dungeons and Dragons character that you would have to play as, which is good, right? Because that, that's, if you can get a decent backstory that you can kind of play through D and D with, then you can use this as a guideline of decisions that you would or would not make in, in game. Right. 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 So I guess, uh, I don't know if we had a name for this guy. Let's call him, uh, let's call him, Let's call him Douglas of Ford. So <laughs> it says, our, our male human mage was born into a family of mages who valued order and discipline above all else. He rebelled against this strict upbringing, 
Finding the rigidity suffocating and oppressive, he began to experiment with his magic, pushing boundaries and breaking rules just for the thrill of it. One day, he stumbled across a small village where the locals were struggling to grow crops. Intrigued by the challenge, he offered to use his magic to help them. But rather than following established farming practices, he used chaotic and unpredictable spells that were just as likely to harm the crops as help them. But to his surprise, the villagers were fascinated by his unorthodox methods and begged him to stay and help them with their farming. Yes, if there's anything that farmers love, it's chance. <laughs> the, the, the possibility of their crops not growing. They just love it. They love or, the suspense. Or vanishing. Yeah. Or vanishing. <laughs> The mage, feeling a sense of freedom he had never experienced before, decided to stay and make the village his home. He continued to experiment with his magic, using it in unpredictable ways to push the boundaries of what was possible. Sometimes his experiments worked brilliantly, and other times they ended in disaster. But he didn't care. He was living life on his own terms. Consequences be damned! (laughs) <laughs> Today, the mage is a successful rutabaga farmer known for his unconventional methods and his willingness to take risks. He is chaotic and unpredictable, sometimes using his magic for good and sometimes for his own amusement. But he has found a kind of freedom this way, a life that could never have achieved with the strict confines of his family's magical tradition. I, I, a, I like it. Yeah, and then a bunch of dwarves came through the village. <laughs> Said that they were going on adventure, going after some treasure, and hey, let's come out of retirement. Yeah, yeah. Like the one, the one that that uh, before um, you ran, you ran it uh, with that extra parameter um, specifying chaotic uh, neutral as the alignment. It was sort of like he was a mage and he was really great, and then he decided that he wanted a simpler life and. Uh, you know, he only uses spells when it helps the crops, and he's, you know, a gr- pillar of the community. I like yeah, this guy. Well, he's just like, he's just, he's just he's messing like around. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, fl- he's flipping the bird. Yeah. He's flipping the bird ca- and casting whatever he's spell. Flipping the bird. Consequences be damned. He's getting, you know, he's, he's getting fined. He's getting. I, I hate to be a gopher in his, uh, in his uh, in his crops, man, he'd be like f- yeah. firing off magic missile at at a single gopher. Yeah, no, yeah, the yeah, the the first iteration, the 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 end, the last sentence is, and if any adventurers happen to pass through his village in need of magical assistance, he's always happy to lend a hand. Yeah, it's like, mm, mm, nah. It's got to have a price. Mages are <laughs> weird and arrogant and egocentric. Like, you know, yeah. So not lending a hand. Yeah. So I like so, this guy. I like this guy. He's good. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's, he's flipping the bird and yeah, not probably eating a double chicken sandwich, right? Or something. No, or, or, or he's experimenting and eating a triple chicken sandwich. Consequences maybe, maybe, be damned. That's right. Maybe he's uh, stealing music the old-fashioned way. <laughs> it could be. You know, maybe... Dep- maybe. Well, if it's Dungeons & Dragons, it's more like he's getting uh, uh, scrolls. Uh, maybe yeah. scrolls from multiple crows with the same yeah. message, so he has to put it together. He's kidnapping bards and locking them in his tower. And that's how he's stealing music. <laughs> there you go. He's just... He's, just, he's running out of space. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to double up. <laughs> we need but we need more bardic uh, inspiration on the crops. I'm gonna have to. I'm have, gonna have to get another tower. Or I'm gonna have to get rid of some of these bards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, that that's that's it for us. Thank you for listening to Curtis and I. You can catch Curtis and I weekly, though we are taking a break next week. Uh, I am off to Disney and I'm going on remote. So I'm hoping to record some bits while I'm down there and then we'll kind of weave them into the next episode. But you can catch us usually weekly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere you can find your podcast. If you can give us a rating 
please do hit that subscribe button and where you can give us a comment, please do. It'll help people find our little podcast, maybe flip us the bird or something. Curtis, any last words? Yeah, I just want to, I want to make sure that you go on the, the, the uh, Star Wars ride, the original one. I think it's called oh, Star Tours. Star Tours, yes. Because um, last time I went on it, it was amazing. So and and uh, I got to like four different planets because I kept lining yep. up for it. So yeah, they uh, they they they're still updating it. Like the inside looked kind of aged, um, but they're still updating the video. Yeah. The video screens are a lot better now because um, you know they're. 4k or whatever like it's it's the the point where you're not blinking like you're staring at it you're, um but the big ride there right now is uh rise of the resistance okay so rise of the resistance is like a um uh passive trolley like ride you're on this vehicle that's on a rail and it's just kind of like this experience ride as you're going through hangars and star killer base and there's uh marionettes or or just statues of soldiers and i guess they weave some actors in around it's uh, apparently it's the it's the big ride then there's smuggler's run where you get to pilot the legendary millennium falcon whoa so those are like the two new fancy uh star wars rides on top of the fact that they have this whole star wars galaxy's edge immersive experience and i have my appointment made so that i'm going to suvi's workshop to construct my own lightsaber mm-hmm. it sounds uh sounds like a very I, i'm thinking fantastic time oh yeah <laughs> I, 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 I i'm i'm thinking i'm gonna make the most ostentatious lightsaber ever like just oh, yeah. completely you know go completely bonkers like three blades <laughs> you know <laughs> two regular blades and one double blade yeah it just looks like a giant pitchfork. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> Every blade a different color. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. It is kind of a neat experience. Apparently, you know, you 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 just like, oh, maybe I should ask Chad GBT how to answer the questions. Because apparently that's the whole thing. You you go through this voyage as you're lining up to get to the workshop and you answer these questions. And after you um answer them all and you get to your seat or at the workshop, the person, I guess, hands you your box based on your answers. And then you decide how to construct it, like what Mm. the hilt should look like, what the emitter looks like. And then they break out the blade and then you put your kyber crystal in and it exposes your color as well. It's a a whole immersive experience. Oh yeah. And you'll learn something about yourself. Maybe. Or, or maybe I just do ChatGPT and pretend I'm this one character and just go bonkers. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> maybe I'll be the rutabaga farmer. Maybe yeah, you'll come back with like a, a fuchsia. Maybe. A fuchsia and chartreuse lightsaber. Maybe. <laughs> ben Kenobi rutabaga farmer. Yeah. Yeah. Damn old. He's just damn old damn wizard. Old, damn old wizard. <laughs> he farms the mean rutabaga. <laughs> All right, uh, thank you for listening, and just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. I'm living the good life while I'm working from home.